You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Dave Sturchio and welcome to the Dave Sturchio show. That's right. For the first time in my podcasting career, I finally have opened up the floodgates to all the ridicule of why this guy has a self-entitled podcast. That's right. Uh, listen, I've been doing this a very long time. Um, I've been podcasting since 2014. I've been broadcast media major slash journalism guy since 2007. I've done dozens and dozens of podcasts with, with wacky names, whether it be Thursday Night Destruction or Destruction 101 or even um, A Daily Dose of Dave, which I've, I've literally left in the archives because God help anybody who has to listen to that crap. Uh, but I, I've never really actually went ahead and done the old, you know, uh, let's let's title this after me because that's exactly what this podcast is going to be about. And uh, first and foremost, I want to thank everybody for listening right now, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever time it is, it could be the morning for your morning cup of coffee or your afternoon break or your evening drive home or if you're uh, insomniac and you can't sleep at night uh, and you're listening to this uh, in the middle of the night, I hope I can put you to sleep. Uh, But listen, it's been a, a very long ride for me to get to where I'm at right now uh, in the world of podcasting, in the world of broadcast media, in the world of just just trying to make my way. And uh, this this first episode is, is basically a path of how I got there. And I'm not about to, listen, if you've been a subscriber and a follower and everything of, of what I've been doing in the last couple of years, you probably already know the, the origin story uh, of how this all came about and how I'm just sitting here in this seat right now. I'm able to deliver you a podcast in its most authentic form. And I thought about it. I, I literally had a, a show, uh, I guess it was a couple months ago, called Let's and Go with Dave Sturchio. And I, I thought to myself, that's going to be my next live vehicle where I can interact with people and I can, you know, put on a live show. And it got to be very tedious. It got to be very annoying. It got to be very, um, it just wasn't part, it wasn't fitting the bill for what was going on around here at Chop Studios. And uh, the time, it's like putting together a live show is is very, very difficult. Um, And anybody who's podcasted before or done a live show before knows what goes into it. And I already have a bunch of shows that we have video for and what we have, you know, all these extracurriculars for. And I figured this was the one to kind of just sit behind the mic, talk and uh, interact with people through either the comments in in some of the social clips or whatever the case may be. Uh, But I think this is the better way. I think this is the better the better avenue to take. Um, I think, um, you know, I put my time in enough to, to do something like this. And I think that, uh, I guess we should just start with where it all started. And that's high school and high school sucked for me. Okay. So I'm not about to get too far deep into it. I had a great childhood. Um, as far as, uh, you know, I didn't come up poor or anything like that. You know, my, I am a product of divorced parents. Um, that happened when I was like eight years old. Um, yeah, obviously I have my experiences with my mom, but eventually, you know, I, I righted all the wrongs and got with my dad and he kind of raised me and my brother, uh, ever since. And he's, he's done a flawless job. He has raised me and my brother to be very respectful people. We do have a, a quick trigger, both of us, um, you know, and that, you know, growing up with him, it's just, it's not the easiest thing in the world because if we both are conflicting 
Um, I, I'm not like crazy topics or anything like that. It's just like the stupid stuff. You know, we, we both came up sports fans. We both came up playing sports. My dad got us into baseball and football. And unfortunately for me, a white kid playing basketball never really panned out uh, for me. But um, I did have a nice jumper. I, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I had a nice jumper. I remember the one story that always comes to mind is I was playing in Fords, uh, the Bearcat Basketball League, on like Saturday or Sunday mornings or something like that. And I remember looking at the my coach at the time, I don't know who he was. He was like 80 years old. I'm not really sure why or how, uh, how, you know, how educated or how experienced, I guess he's really experienced. He's really old. Um, but, uh, he, he's kept like the scores of like all the kids and their points. And I, at that age, I think I was like seven or eight or something like that at that age or nine, you're not supposed to do that to these kids, you know, cause there's one kid that shows out that's going to be playing in the NBA eventually. Right. And then there's me who literally was blanking on the score sheet until the one day I got fouled going up for a layup, and I was like, oh, this is it. I'm going to get my first point of the freaking season. And um, and here I was at the foul th- uh, free throw line. I take my first one, and I airmail it. I don't have enough strength to get it to the basket from the uh, from the free throw line. And I remember this one kid. I, I, I wish I could explain to you what he looked like. But he looked like one of the, I don't know, he's a brainiac. The kid has a huge melon. And he looks at me, and he, like, sticks his hand out for, like, a high five. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I just missed. So why are you high five? That is, to me, that is the dumbest unwritten rule in basketball where no matter make or miss, you have to, like, dab up your teammates. Like, that's just, if I miss, I want my teammates to be disappointed in me so I have the the energy or at least the motivation to make the second one, right? But anyway, he's leaving his hand out there, and he's giving me, like, he's gesturing, like, all right, man, like, dab me up. And I'm just like, dude, I just fucking miss what are you talking about so that's a memory of mine from uh Ford's Bearcat basketball but anyway came up good played sports uh I was the on the inaugural how about that word uh team for the mighty might division of the Ford's Bearcats back in shit I don't even know I was eight years old um and I remember wanting to be the running back wanting to be the quarterback and at my age uh my skill set was uh I was a little bit of a bigger kid so put me on the offensive line so I remember um Mustafa Ali, uh, shout out to Matt Ali. His father was our, our coach. And um, and he, I, it was the day we got to pick our jerseys. And I remember wanting certain numbers. I wanted eight for Aikman. I wanted 22 for Emmett. I wanted 88 for Irvin, right? I was a big, and I still am the biggest diehard Cowboys fan of all time. Um, and I remember I wanted those numbers. And I remember he just looked at me. He goes, oh, center, uh, you're one of the 50s. She was one of the 50s. And I was like, 50? I was like, I don't want to be a 50. I was like, all right, let me look at the 50s. And I thought to myself, like, I do like the Cowboys. And I was, it was, uh, I don't know, 93, 94 at the time. So they were winning Super Bowls. And I remember I loved Ken Norton Jr. So I was like, shit, man, 51's available? I'm in. And, like, I chose that number, and that was it. But, you know, it's so funny that I, I it's not, and I'm not about the pity part of this podcast out at all. Because there are some dark times in my life. And I remember going home. My mother and father still were living together at the time. And I remember coming home and showing my dad and blurting out, Dad, 51, Ken Norton, baby, right? Like, I was so excited. And I remember, like, before you can even acknowledge it, my parents were fighting again. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. This doesn't mean shit. Um, so anyway, again, they got divorced. They went their separate ways. Um, I, I lived with my dad around, I guess, eighth or ninth grade. It was, like, right at the end, tail end of my middle school into high school, which was very beneficial for me because um, – 
you know, he, he made sure I was ready, right? And he, if he's listening to this right now, he knows what I mean when I say I'm ready because when I was confirmed as a Catholic boy, I was ready in my interview. Um, so funny. They're asking me, like, ah, do you know the uh, the, the sacraments? I'm like, ah, I don't know, but I'm ready to do this, right? I was bullshitting the priest at the time. Um, but anyway, so here I am, you know, eighth, ninth grade. I get into, uh, you know, high school, and it was just a drag. It really was to beginning. Like, I, I was a... You know, unfortunately, in middle school, I put on the weight that, you know, Elio's Pizza was introduced to my life and French fries were introduced to my life. And I don't eat meat. So that let's get that out of the way right away. So at the time, I'm just shoveling supersized fries, which, by the way, that was a thing back in the day. It was a supersize where they didn't give a shit how obese these kids got. Now they're like, oh, you got to have, uh, you know, I get freaking Happy Meals and there's apple slices in them. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Um, but in any event, I... Uh, yeah, so I, I grew up a little bit of a bigger kid, um, very self-conscious of my body. It was, it was very, very hard for me to get into high school, but I remember telling my dad after day one, hey, you know, good good thing here. Uh, I My fat ass doesn't fit in a locker, so even if these seniors wanted to stuff me in there, I don't think it's physically possible, so I was very excited about that. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was tough sledding. I, I was taken in uh, midway through my freshman year by a group of guys, um, Kevin, uh, you know, he's a, he's a great dude. Kevin Smith is one of my best friends and, um, he's kind of the one that started talking to me first. And then like the rest is history. I did have a lot of middle school guys, shout out to Mark and Tim and Johnny and, and all those guys that I had in middle school that transferred into the high school with me and stuck by my side. Like there was a lot of guys that were in high school that as soon as they got to high school, I never talked to again, which was crazy. Cause I was with you for three years, you know, why, why jump off? And, and at the time, Knowing my physical stature, I wasn't about to uh, embark in the world of uh, of sports, you know, because I was just like, dude, I'm I'm not I'm out of shape. I, I can't do this. I like wrestling. Let me just kind of continue to wrestle on a trampoline for for fun, and, and that'll be my exercise. I did, however, start a uh, wood uh, a stickball baseball league in a courtyard. Uh, once upon a time, we had websites and everything. It was great. It was called the School 14 Baseball League. So shout out to anybody who's in that. But um, I uh. You know, I, ha I had a good time uh, in high school with those guys as I grew into it. My passion and my knowledge for sports was always the thing. It was always the the end game for me. I knew for whatever reason, and my mom said it best, you're going to be the next John Madden. And I'm like, yeah, all right, great. You know, and, and I believe that because here I was at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 during, you know, the Sega Genesis days, I'm calling my own football matches, right, in, in Madden. I'm, I'm playing Madden, and I'm actually – I'm the play-by-play, -play and I'm the color guy. So, like, I was literally, like, you know, almost like Pat Summerall, like, to the 25, down, go, hey, listen, man, you know, like, I was just, like, the other guy. And then I would interview players after the game. Interview players after the game. Imaginary players that didn't exist, and I would just pretend that, like, I was the star of the game, and I just, like, I would just do the same old generic, I want to thank God, we had a great day, gave it 110%. I was doing that by myself, so, like, I'm, and I know for a fact, I mean, the, my dad probably doesn't remember, or my mom, they're probably listening to this, like, this kid needs some fucking friends, <laughs> right? So, and that was early on, and, uh, like I said, I, I've been doing I was doing that from a very young age. I love to speak. I love to talk. I love to be entertaining, and I love to entertain. So I guess that's where this all comes about. Uh, but, like, 
you know, going to high school, there was, you know, those creative writing classes and stuff like that. Shout out to Mr. Sweet Tech. You're the man. You're one of my favorite teachers of all time. But I'll never forget Mr. Sawicki, uh, freshman year English class, huge Dallas Cowboys fan, gave me all of his VHS tapes, which, by the way, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Dallas Cowboys haven't won since VHS. Um, so I had all the VHS tapes. He gave them to me on his retirement, like, tour. He was like, these are for you, buddy. I'll never forget it. Uh, I believe he's passed on. I mean, he had to have been. He, he was 60, 70 years old. Um, when I was in a uh, freshman in high school. So that, that was 20, 20 years ago. Um, so I would assume if he's alive, you know, God bless him. Um, but I had a really uh, good experience with a lot of teachers in high school. They were, they're very motivating people. Um, specifically, like I said, Mr. Sweet Tech, one of the, one of the coolest dudes in the world still to this day, I get to be friends with him on social media and just see how he's continuing to just mold the young minds. And he was the one that really gave me the influence to, to get into writing and get, and get into that, that mode. So when high school ended and I needed a, a direction, now, mind you, not a good test taker. So here I am trying to apply to these colleges, and I'm getting denied left and right, denied from Rutgers, denied from Kane, denied from, oh, shit, what was the other one, Ramapo? I don't even know. Denied from all these schools because I, <laughs> I bombed the SATs twice. You know, I'm not a test taker. That's just the way it is. I'm not, even to this day, if you gave me, like, a reading comprehension exam, there's no shot I'm reading it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to be like, all right, what sounds the best? Could I do C down the middle and get myself a, a, a 70 out of this thing? Right? I, didn't, I didn't like tests. So I wound up at Middlesex County College, or as some of the, um, the experts would say, Edison University. And then um, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a sports writer. I was like, you know what? If I'm not going to play and I'm, you know, uh, and I'm not going to uh, broadcast right away, the least I can do is cover some teams. So I worked and I wrote for the Quo Vadis, if, if that's the name of it, I can't remember the, right off the top of my head. The Quo Vadis in Middlesex, the school paper, writing the sports pages. Um, I did cover uh, when the Vikings were bought out. I covered, um, I covered a couple things, but it was, it was a cool introduction to what I was doing, learning my craft, figuring out what the next move was going to be. Um, now during college, are you working? Yeah. I mean, I was flipping burgers. I was working at CVS. I was working your local Halloween store. I was doing all that stuff, um, just to make money and get by and have some spending cash, uh, to get there and to get through, you know, my, again, my dad would never let me leave the door without, you know, uh, X amount of money, making sure that I was covered. You know what I mean? From, from middle to high school to, to college, he was always making sure like, are you good? And I'm like, yeah, fine. Um, so I wasn't, <laughs> so he made sure I was. And, um, you know, so I went through to college and, and, uh, that was interesting. Uh, me and my best friend to this day, my true blue best friend, man, uh, Greg, he, um, who, by the way, you can go buy a Subaru over there at Richard Lucas Chevrolet and Subaru in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Um, great dude, great friend, great family. Um, he was basically taken in by my family. Uh, one of my best friends, he was, if not me, my best friend right now. Uh, between him, Mark, Kevin, those guys are just my core. You know, my core four. If the Yankees had them, I got them, I got three three dudes that I roll deep with um, forever. Because you know, not to get into it. Long story short, I did lose my best friend in 2007, right before that was right after college. My best friend uh, turned out, you know, it didn't turn out. He, this is how it was. Like he he eventually, I guess he was battling this for for years and years. And I had no idea, and trust me when I tell you, there was no signs of anything. There was no like, hey, you know, should we just compare sizes? Or You know what I mean? Like, there was nothing like that, right? He, he, uh, he was battling with this, and he came out to me. He was, I was one of the first ones to know that he was gay. And, you know, I, I just, as a joke, now remember, I know in this woke country of ours, and when people want to cancel people left and right, um, I'm not about to say, like, you know, any jokes about it, but I literally told him, I was like, bro, 
you do whatever you want. Just don't hit on me. I'm good. You know, I, I, I like women. You know what I mean? Like, as a joke, and he laughed it off. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, things didn't pan out uh, the way that we had scripted. We were going to be the tag team champions. We were going to be athletes together. He named my fastball, which, by the way, was like 30 miles an hour when I was 8 years old, and he called it the Dave Express. And I was like, shit, buddy, nobody's going to touch this. And, he, bro, when I tell you this kid got me through so many hard times in the Little League because I remember we were playing the Yankees, which always – for whatever reason, the Yankees were always the best team. Don't ask me why. Politics and Little League Baseball, go figure that one out. But I was pitching one day. I think I was on the Phillies or the or Phillies or – yeah, I think it was the Phillies. So I was getting shellacked. I was getting tuned up. Everybody was hitting. Guys were batting lefty who were righty who never batted lefty before in their lives, and they were fucking binking them to the, uh, through the middle gap and past me, and it's just a, a mess. But I remember John, as the catcher of my baseball team, would come up to me midway through and – and say, hey, man, uh, look, it's not going well. And I was like, I, dude, John, I don't know what to do, man. And before the coach can get out there, he would literally tell me, he goes, listen, my mom's going to make us bagel bites, win or lose, so we're good. And I was like, oh, you're right. Right? So that was it. And, like, he cheered me up. And next thing you know, bake another home run. And I'm just like, look, this guy, this day's got to over. This got to be over. No bullpens back then. You just had to finish the game. Um, I wound up being a first baseman the rest of my career. I, I pitched for a little while, and that was okay. Um, but, yeah, that was rough. But, anyway, John um, – tragically passed away you know however you want to spin it it didn't look like it was uh it didn't look like it was on purpose you know what I mean like or or maybe it did to some I don't know but like I, I lost him early he was only 20 um and I was I was literally about to graduate college so that was or grad quote graduate college three years to get out of a community college but um and I was going into my first what I decided to do after college, after getting that associate's degree in journalism, I decided, let's go to a broadcasting school. Let's learn that craft. Let's learn how to talk on the radio. Let's learn how to do all this shit. So I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting in Hasbrook Heights. And then from that school, which, by the way, shout out Dave LaGreca. He was one of my teachers in that class. And if you don't know who Dave LaGreca is, he hosts Busted Open Radio on uh, Sirius XM. It's the largest pro wrestling show basically in the world. Um, and at the time, he told me and my friend Phil, don't do a pro wrestling show because it's not a real sport and nobody will listen. <laughs> so that's what he told me. And here he is making a career out of it. Uh, so shame on you, Dave. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so right after that, they gave me a binder here. Apply for some internships. We'll see what happens, you know. So I applied for the Z100s of the world, K2Us, right? And I was like, oh, here's the Jets. I'm a football fan. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. This won't really affect my allegiance. So let me go apply for the Jets. About a month goes by, I hear nothing. I finally get a call in the morning from Steve Venditti of the New York Giants, and I was like, well, hold on. You know, like, I, I definitely applied for the Jets, uh, but I can get into the, the Giants internship in episode two um, or at some point. But anyway, right before I was supposed to leave for Albany, New York, which were the Giants did their training camp, uh, John, I got the call from John's sister at, like, 3 in the morning, which was weird because my dog was, like, scratching on my door, um, and I, I didn't realize why. And I, when I finally let him in to, to lay with me in my bed, um, I had realized I missed two calls from his sister. And I'm like, well, this is either one of two things, <laughs> you know, like something's wrong or she wants a little bit of Dave. Right. But clearly I always had a crush on his older sister, but like, again, we, we remain friends to this day. Um, so I, uh, I call her back and I, and I found out that I lost my best friend. And when I tell you, I haven't wept like that in a very long if not my life I don't even know the last time I cried like that um because my best friend was just ripped away from me and I knew I would never see him again um I, I, I said the eulogy it was it was rough man it was a, it was a tough transition uh and then like 
you had to make the decision, like, Dave, do you go to this internship or do you want to go work for the Giants? And I remember the last text I got from John said uh, it was like, I guess it was like three days before it. And I told him about the internship. I said, bro, you know, you're not going to believe this. I got hired by the Giants. I start in training camp in a couple of days. And he said, dude, you're going to make it, dude. Like, those were the words. Dude, comma, you're going to make it, dude. Right? And, and that was John. That was how he spoke. And I was just like, you're, you know, I responded. I'm like, you're right. This is it. This is my calling. Here we go. Never talked to him again after that. And I had to say the eulogy. And I know that John saying that was his way of telling me, like, hey, listen, no matter what happens here, you go make it. Go do your thing. Right? And so I did. And I left, and I went to Albany. I cried. I listened to Creed the entire way up. That was our band. He took me to my first concert. Shout out to Creed. I uh, love you, Scott Stapp. You're the man. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he was gone, and that's why I took all my closest friends, and I really cherish our friendships. I really do over the over the course of my entire life after John had passed. Um, you know, in 2007, that's, well, man, it's like 13, 16 years ago now, you know, so – those last, these last 16 years, I've really, really coveted my, my best friends and I can't thank them enough for being by my side in the, in the toughest of times, whether it be a breakup or a makeup or a big time moment in my life or whatever the case may be, I can't thank them enough. Um, so yeah, so, so middle school, uh, high school was rough, but I had my crew got through it, went to college with Greg and he, he and I had a, <laughs> we took a summer class once cause you know, we started in all the remedial classes cause Lord knows we couldn't make a real freaking class um so i remember we had a summer class and my uncle tom god rest his soul my one of my favorite people on this planet still is to this day because of all the stories i can tell um he was living with me and my dad at the time and my brother uh you know you don't need to know the reasons he was just there he needed some help and we were there so he was living with us and he had no shame in his game man and he used to bathe um didn't bathe listen to me sunbathe you know, in the, in the nude. And, and if you saw my father's house, the way my dad's yard is set up, the pool is on top of a hill, like way back, 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 back in the backyard. So like nobody could really see you unless you stand up. And uh, so sometimes he stood up and sometimes people saw him. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, there was a class that me and Greg took and we went into there and we got the syllabus. And I said, how the fuck are we supposed to learn all this in like a four hour class, like three days a week? It was brutal. So the first half of the first class happens and the teacher's like hey if you want to go on a little bit of a break you can come back in like half hour so we left and we never came back <laughs> so that was uh that was interesting and then we went swimming and i think my dad came home that day and he's like how was the first day of class i'm like well we're not in it anymore so that's the thing uh but anyway so that's like the schooling to get up there and then obviously the internship I can get into uh, at, at another time. It's great time, great experience. Set me up. But after that internship is over, it's like, you're on your own, kid. Go get your job. And unfortunately for me, it just wasn't in the cards at the time. It's a very who-you-know broadcast business. It's a very, you know, uh, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. And I went out there and I did my best, but I, along the way, I have to get some rinky-dink jobs that I hated, you know, selling gym memberships or, or going to Enterprise Rent-A-Car where they gave you the tools to be your own boss, you know what I mean? And shout out to anybody who actually gets that reference. Um, and that movie fucking came out during <laughs> during during my tenure there at, at Enterprise. That movie came out, which was very difficult to uh, comprehend um, because I just laughed at it, but I cried at it at the same time. Um, but then, uh, yeah, so you know, a bunch of jobs later, my first break comes when I decided, 
hey, you know, me and, and John had had this dream to become professional wrestlers. We had this backyard fed who didn't at the time, you know, uh, especially if you're a wrestling fan and you're just wrestling around the trampolines and shit. Um, so I decided to dive into the world of professional wrestling, which, again, is its own episode. It is a ride. It is a journey. It is a up and down, unbelievable path. And I definitely will tell the greatest stories that I have on this thing. But being that it is the pilot, I'm not going to dive into all of it. Uh, but anyway... I got into pro wrestling, and you know it's it's frowned upon by my old man and and people that care about me. They're like, "You really gonna, you're gonna do this shit?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna be this is gonna be fucking great. I'm gonna make a career. I'm gonna be on Raw in like a day and a half, right?" And uh, clearly, that's not the case. But I it did it did open up a lot of doors. Uh, in 2014, I tore my ACL and meniscus in the ring, so I needed a an outlet. Um, and I was approached by a guy named Jay. He said, hey, listen, have you ever thought about doing your own wrestling podcast? You can have all your friends on. You could do this, that, and a third. So here I am. I'm like, oh, I've, I've never even thought about that. I don't even know what the fuck a podcast is. And I did, but, like, I didn't, right? So I, um, I did that, and I went into the world of podcasting. I got my first rinky-dink mic. It was a piece of shit thing that I got for, like, eight bucks on eBay or, or Amazon or something like that. It wasn't good. It was on Block Talk Radio, which anybody who's ever done a podcast on Block Talk Radio, you can remember that that Block Talk Radio. Um, so I did a show there. That turned into something else because I was picked up by another network, which was the Shining Wizards Network. Shout out to those guys. They picked me up. I was doing more. My my reach was better. I but I was I was craving to get back into the ring after my injury was up. But along the way, Pat Buck, which is my trainer, mentor, friend, the dude is is aces. He's always been great by me. He's even fired me when I needed to be fired. Trust me when I tell you that. And I can tell you that story when I get into wrestling. Um, but, um, he, yeah, he let me go. He was like, this guy's a lunatic. And I was at the time. Um, but he gave me the opportunity to be um, – you know, the voice of, of the company via commentary and via ring announcing. And I realized, I was like, all right, so I'll never forget Pat Kenny, Simon Diamond of ECW fame, told me, if you can make a career and never take another bump again in the world of professional wrestling, you better do it. And I was like, I guess, I guess that's, that's where I'm going to go with this. I, I went to school for it. Why the hell not? So from 2016 was my retirement match. Again, I'll get into that in another episode. Um, got knocked silly, and I figured, you know what? If I want to remember my kids' names, it's time to kind of get away from this and get back into the, using my voice as a platform and as a, as a tool, and I did. And from 2016 till present day, I am the voice of WrestlePro. I am the head commentator. I was a ring announcer for a little while. Uh, that got to be very tedious, jumping back and forth, so we, you know, they hired another guy, and it's a great, great gig, and it opened so many doors for me. Um, the pandemic hits in 2020, and I'm just like, what do I do? So I start another podcast with Brett Ernst of, of, of fame. Uh, if you know him from Cobra Kai, he's Cousin Louie. He has phenomenal, phenomenal stand-up comedy. He became a friend of mine. Uh, we started the podcast with his brother Keith called the Jersey Boys Podcast. I was doing something where we covered my beloved Dallas Cowboys, which is today still a podcast, which, by the way, you can get all these podcasts on the Premier Streaming Network's podcast network. So the Premier Podcast Network is where you can find this. And um, so you can find that show there as well. We cover the Cowboys. We're three Italian guys from New Jersey who really shoot the shit. We get on each other's nerves. They hate each other sometimes. It's a, it's a very fun uh, mix. Um, and then from there, what happened was, uh, you know, 2020 hits, and I said, you know, why don't I go back to my roots? Why don't I do a little bit of writing? Um, so I did that. I, I went out and I started writing again, and I got a chance to be on the Cowboys Wire, which is a, basically a USA Today like sister company, I was I was working within USA Today's pages 
for the Dallas Cowboys. I'll never forget, Katie Drummond gave me my first opportunity to cover the Mike McCarthy press conference. So that was the first time I got a chance to write. He said, you're, you know, you're good enough. We're going to take the wheels off. Go write for the team. So I did. So I covered the team. It was a dream come true. I got a chance to cover the, the team that I've loved my entire life uh, with the Cowboys, and, and I have Katie to think, uh, thank for that. And then, obviously, podcasting is still happening. I get approached by a man named R.J. Ochoa of Blocking the Boys Network, and he takes not only my podcast, but he offers me a writing job there. I didn't take the writing job because I was like, shit, I'm, I'm getting busier now. Lo and behold, in 2000, late 2020, my uh, friend from uh, the Big Shots Sports Bar in Woodbridge, New Jersey, Chris Gucci, um, approaches me and says, hey, listen, I got this group that I created. It's a good way for a good outlet for sports fans to kind of interact on social media while everybody's worried about the goddamn election. We could still try, uh, chop it up and talk sports. It's called Chop Sports. I said, all right, well, what is this? He explained to me what it was. And lo and behold, I walked in, well, virtually walked into this, this room, and I'm like, wow, I know a lot of these people, but a lot of people I don't know, and I would love to get to know because I feel like their content is really funny. And the whole thing was, he, he just wanted me to drop the, the Chop Sports podcast, I mean, not the Chop, Chop Sports podcast, the Jersey Boys podcast in this thing uh, for more reach. And I said, thank you so much, let's do it. And then I, th I said to him, I said, hey, man, you ever think about like doing a podcast with, with Chop Sports as like the, the, the vehicle? And he said, bro, you know, you read my mind. This is what I've been wanting to do, blah, blah, blah. So we get into this, and then we start the podcast. I started from my man attic. He starts it from his basement, and we start doing this, blah, blah, blah. Long story boring. Another long-time friend of mine, Jason, uh, says, hey, if you ever want to up your production value, me and my friend Dave are going in on, on studio space. And when he says studio space, it's just office space, but we can build a set. And I was like, shit, man, I don't know, I don't know if we need that, but... Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's split it four ways. It's going to be dirt cheap. Let's do it. And at the time, we're all getting Donnie dollars because so everybody's getting paid out the ass just to sit home. So why the hell not? It was early 2021. So we do that. Uh, lo and behold, we realized that we had some pretty cool backing right away. And I was like, eh, this is actually this is pretty cool. What if we came up with some merch? What if we came up with some shirts? What if we, what if we did this? And, and I'll get into the chop sports story as we go. But early 2021, we get studio space. And here we sit. In 2023, two and a half years into a business, we've turned this bad boy into a complete, fully functional studio, and that's where I'm at today. I still do all my podcasts. I have still the same core friends. I have, I have a really good life. I, I don't like to get too uh, far deep into my personal life because I don't think it's required to be all over the internet or all over the airwaves, but right now, I am sitting pretty with a great, great home team and a, and a phenomenal support system, and when I chase these dreams... All of this stuff is just, it's phenomenal. It really is. It, it's its everything that I've dreamed about doing as a kid that turned into, you know, a pipe dream, and then it turned into a dream achieved, and then it turned into, like, now it's time to just fucking roll. Like, let's go, you know? Like, I came up with that LFG. Clearly, I didn't come up with it, but what I'm saying is I, I came up with the this, this mentality where I'm like, I'm going to rule this thing. I am going to absolutely crush this role. As a business owner, I am going to be the best entrepreneur you've ever met in your life, and there's no questions asked, no doubts in my mind. I knew for a fact that when we started, two of our minds, just kind of meeting of the minds, me and Chris, we knew damn well what we wanted to do and what we set out to do, and here we are two and a half years in, not a single ounce of debt. We have built this thing with the help of, you know, a lot of sponsors along the way, a lot of endorsers, one investor, which again, one of my jobs along the way was working a front desk of, 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 a, of a sports 
rehab facility, a, a you know sports medicine, like physical therapy. Uh, Dr. Sean Basinger, one of my longtime guys. Another guy that's like, you know, when I started high school, I was always afraid of the older kids. But, like, for whatever reason, when I had one job, this dude was always, always, always nice to me. And, you know, it continued into some of my other jobs where I drove a Zamboni. He played the... He played hockey, so it's like we met there. He always called me buddy. Like it was just like huh, I know it sounds like a like a almost like a um a reference from uh cable guy. He was like, Am I really your buddy? You know, like he was just like really a, just a generally nice dude. And to this day, he continues to take care of me and take care of this business and help me in the business aspect because I've never owned a business before. I never thought about doing this before. So this is all new to me. And I think what he has brought to the table as an investor has been phenomenal. We, you know, did we tackled NIL deals. We tackled everything there is to tackle. We've done the daily shows. We've tackled Mojo. We've done and Mojo is a company owned by A-Rod. I was able to call A-Rod a boss. I'm currently able to call Freddie Prince Jr. a boss. I'm currently able to meet some of the stars in professional wrestling that I never thought I would ever meet. Life is good. Life is very good. And, of course, there's trials and tribulations, and I'm not going to sit here and say this is going to be a rah-rah podcast because it's not. It's not the easiest road. I've went through very, very dark times, dark spells of depression. I'm two rounds deep, two, like, two sessions, not two sessions, two, like, literal periods of time where I had to seek therapy because I was very, very upset all the time. Even if life was good, I was finding myself just like, why the fuck am I so upset? You know, why am I so, like, blah? And, like, there was multiple factors, right? You lose your best friend. You lose your grandma. You lose, you lose your, your, you know, you're just, you're, you lose some of your family members, some of your best friends, some of your jobs, some of your girlfriends, some of your, you know, whatever the case may be. Loss is a big thing. And I had plenty of L's. I'm not about to sit here like, look at this podcast and hear my W's the entire way. A lot of losses, man. A lot of losses. And it comes with some serious sacrifice. You sacrifice time with your friends, your family. And that's what I've been continuing to do. I leave a family at home. I like I have to be here because I, I have to grow this damn thing. You know, I have to do this. And I and I there's no looking back. There's no more, hey, I'll just go drive a truck and not knock at anybody driving trucks. I'm just saying like that there's been things that I've done that I hated, right? And I'm just like, I'm not doing this shit no more. I'm going to chase this dream and I'm gonna crush the shit out of this thing. And there's not a damn thing that anybody out there can do. Um, I'm very uh, obviously I'm self-aware of our success. I don't walk around like I'm a millionaire. I, I am I am doing well. I'm doing fine. I, I shouldn't even say well, I'm fine, right? So I think that's a big component when it comes to being a business owner. You want to stay level-headed, and it wasn't easy getting there. You know, it wasn't easy getting there. Body shaming, bullied the entire way of, like, high school. It was rough, man. I'm not about to sit here and tell you that I had the smooth sail ride. Every journey has a bumpy road no matter what, right? But the one thing I can say is, don't take a shortcut. Don't take the shortcuts because there's a reason why these paths are so long. And there's a reason why there's bumpy roads. There's a reason why there's detours. There's a reason for all of this shit. And I believe in this. And I believe that if I just take the longer road, that I'm going to come out so much better than a guy saying, like, I know this guy, so I'm going to take this shortcut and then this shortcut and then this shortcut. I'm going to be a millionaire before you know it. But it's like along the way, you don't give a shit about friends, family, anything else. Your health could take a dive. Like anything. You just care about money, 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 money. I cared about happiness. I cared about genuinely being happy, supporting the people around me, being happy for others' success. I know that's a hard thing in 2023. Believe it or not, 
you can be happy for people. You can actually be very happy for people and all of their success because I, I guarantee you, and some people don't believe in karma or anything like that, but I believe in just being a good person to everybody because if you're that way, if you're that way to them, then eventually it will find its way back to you. Okay, I'm not saying like, hey, I'm going to do favors so people do favors for me. I'm not doing that. That's, a, that's not the right mentality. The right mentality is be good to people, be kind to everybody. You don't know what these people are going through at all, specifically people that you even know. Even if they're the biggest pranksters of your group, there is times that they are struggling. So just be there for them, be a good person, be a good brother, be a good son, be a good husband, be a good family man, be just, just be that way. And I promise everybody listening to the sound of my voice right now, you will prosper and things will go your way. I want to thank everybody for listening to the pilot. There is a lot of stories to tell. I'll be covering sports. I'll be covering wrestling. I'll be covering everything under the sun. I'll have interviews. I'll have a fantastic guests along the way. The Dave Sturchio show is going to be my personal vehicle for me to reach for the stars one more time and one last time. I'm not going to shut, like start this, shut it down, try again later. This is it. This is it. I find myself with some time that I can do this. I've carved out time in my busy, busy day to do this. So I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to keep going until I can't talk anymore, which is about right now. So thank you guys for listening. You could subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere that you've found this podcast on the Premier Podcast Network. And I want to thank Josh Chernoff for the opportunity for another outlet. And look, I could have done this on my own. I could have, but that's another part of all this journey. I'm trying to build now a new powerhouse behind the Premier Streaming Network because I want that and I believe in it. So if you guys are interested in seeing any more of our work over here with Chop Sports Media, you can check out the Premier Streaming Network and sign up. You get everything, all the pay-per-views if you're a wrestling fan. If not, there's sports content, very funny shows. Go check them out. Thank you for listening and good night.